Welcome back, guys, to Chance It Podcast. This is Britt, and Niall is here, too. Hey, guys. What's up? Glad you guys joined us for another week. And we are so excited to have another friend of the show on. I know we've been ramping this up for you guys. We have Alexis Howard from Financially Brave. She is a investor and a financial consultant, and we are so excited. Yeah, so we are always looking out for you guys. We decided this would be a great guest to have on. So Alexis, nice to meet you, and thanks for being a guest on Thank our you podcast. For Super excited to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. I was born and raised in the Los Angeles area, and like many people in the United States, I did not have any access to like financial education. It wasn't something we talked about in our home. I certainly didn't come from a you know privileged background. It wasn't like we had a lot of money in my household, so it wasn't something we discussed. And um, I ended up moving from Los Angeles to go to San Francisco to study. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the cost of living in San Francisco, but it is expensive. And after I graduated, I had to figure out how I was going to be able to live here, to pay for rent, to pay for just like, you know, standard cost of living, because my parents certainly weren't going to be able to, um, to help out with that. Uh, So I started working in different financial firms slash industries. I was in real estate for a little bit. Um, I did real estate investment firms for a little bit and then um, into wealth management. And in my time frame there, I was exposed to a lot of different information. I was really just in like support roles. It wasn't like I was running the companies or anything like that. But I was working alongside really, you know, prestigious leaders, people who were very smart and very wealthy. And in my time frame of being in those spaces, I realized how important it is to build wealth and how easy it is to build wealth when you know what you're doing. Um, so it's a lot of research. And in that time, in the, but the first year I decided to really get into like personal finance, I had saved $25,000 in one year. And wow. it was just because I had been strategic with my income. It wasn't because I was like balling on a six figure salary or anything like that. I was just really clear on what I needed to do. And I think that journey specifically of saving so much money in such a short time frame really inspired me to start my own business and brand because I wanted other people to realize like you don't have to you don't have to come from a background of privilege. You don't have to have a lot of money to transform your life and to transform your finances. You just need to understand what you need to do and then do it. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Like you're somewhat of a self-starter in mm-hmm. a sense. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really incredible, especially like starting off young. I think that's so important. So like my mom works at a credit union. So from a young age, she's drilled into me like finance and like saving your money. But um, obviously, like banking and working in a credit union is very different than finances and investing. So I would love to hear um, how to start off like when you're in your early 20s, being intentional about your future savings. Yeah. So, you know, that journey looks different for everyone because everyone's coming to the plate in a different situation. Some people in their 20s don't have any student debt. Some people have tons of student debt. And so that's going to impact your ability to save. But really, you have to, no one can really underestimate the value of commitment and consistency in the process. There is no magic tool. There is no magic resource. There is no magic template that is going to get you to save 
X amount of dollars in two, three, four years. And I feel like what's happening, especially in social, like social media culture is you're seeing so many people who are like, Oh, look, I, I was able to do X, Y, Z and X amount of time, time. But that comes, if they were able to do it, it came with a lot of work and a lot of diligence. And so I would say to someone who is really young and wants to start saving, understand that you're going to have to commit to the process. It's not always fun. Um, and be intentional about the sort of goals that you have for yourself and think about it every single day. So if you want to save $5,000 this year, you know what I mean? What does that look like? How much do you need to save each month? How much do you need to save each week? Write it out. Have it keep that little flashcard or post-it note on your, on your desk or, you know, text it to yourself every, every morning, whatever you need to do, but you have to, you have to put in work to see results. It's not something that just happens because you know somebody or, you know, you know, a random fact about finance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, with like setting those intentional goals, I think a lot of people like have a goal in mind, but they don't really have the steps to get to that goal. I know, like, for example, for me, like when I was living in New York, like I don't even think I had a budget. I was just like, okay, like rent's paid, like Metro cars paid. And then I just like assumed that basically the leftover money I had, I could just like go shopping or like whatever. Like I just never made a plan for my money, I guess. And so um, now that I've moved, like I'm really trying to be like more intentional about like my budget and like really trying to stick with it. So like how, like what's like some baby steps, I guess you would say to like really conquer a budget and like, how do you have a budget where you still can enjoy like little things in life? Cause I think people feel like it either has to be like a strict budget and like, you can't eat out or like just no budget at all. So like, how would you walk someone the budgeting that? process? Yeah. So yeah. with the budgeting process, the very first thing you want to do is get super clear on like where every single cent of your income is going. That's the first thing is get very clear on that. And you can do that manually just by reviewing like your, your statements um, from your debit card or credit card, whatever it is that you need to do, but you need to, to get clear on that. Then you need to, you need to identify areas where you're spending more than you need to or should, right? So if you're spending excessively on Amazon, if you're spending excessively at Target, if you are eating out a lot, those are areas that you want to in in immediately uh, like target. And the income that you're saving from that. So say for, for me, for instance, I was, I think I was spending like three or $400 a month each month on eating out and like some miscellaneous purchases. And I knew right away that I didn't need to do that. So instantly that three to $400, I was able to automatically deposit it into my savings account and start building my savings funds that way. Right. So for someone who's looking to get started, just identify what it is that you're paying for in the first place, see what you have to work with. And you know, you have to see what feels right for you. Some people don't want to save five figures. They don't want to have a $10,000 balance in their savings account. And so in that instance, I would say, well, you know, nitpick what you want to keep in your budget and what you and what you uh, don't want to keep, and then move accordingly. If you want to be really aggressive with it and save five figures plus, you need to get very clear on. You need to be really, really tight with your budget and pretty much eliminate whatever you whatever it is you don't need to um, spend on. That's not an essential. Yeah, okay. that it makes yeah. so much sense, and I think during COVID, it like has forced me to look at what I spend money on. Since I wasn't going anywhere, I was like, "Wow, I'm actually having a lot of leftover money in my account. Why is that?" And I was like, "Okay, I don't get coffee with my coworkers. Um, I my gym membership was frozen, and etc. Cetera, etc." Cetera. So obviously, a lot of people's finances have changed during COVID. Um, what would you recommend in setting up like a rainy day fund, say if a pandemic comes or you're all of us, all of a sudden kind of laid off from your job? Yeah, everyone should have three to six months of living expenses in their in their savings account, always. 
period. Um, and if you can do more, do more. But when you make sure that before you start anything, before you even really start investing, you should make sure that you have cash available to you when you need it. And so um, for a lot of people, yeah, there was a realization with COVID hitting. Sometimes people, you know, were losing their jobs or whatever. Um, and there wasn't a lot of cash for them to rely on. So they were waiting on, you know, checks or whatever to, to get by. When you have a fully funded savings account, it it helps you a rainy day fund, emergency fund. This helps you in those sort of instances. So I would say anyone for sure who's um, looking on embarking to the journey of wealth. I know investing sounds really glamorous and people want to jump into that. You need to have cash available to you for the um, in the event of emergencies, period. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I was unemployed from like January up until... I guess July, mm-hmm. honestly. And um, I'm like really proud of myself because I started my new job in July and it's now October and I've saved $10,000 in four months. So <laughs> what would you say to a person like me that like once I have this like lump sum of money, is it time for me to now think about like investing or would I probably need to stock up a little bit yeah. more cash? So this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about like people have different preferences. So some people really want to make sure that their savings account is like beyond funded. And that's how I was, especially just living in San Francisco and having that extra cushion. I went far beyond the three to six month time frame. Mm-hmm. So you do want to make sure that your savings is at a limit that you are comfortable with. Um, if you are comfortable mm-hmm. with that amount and you're not living in an area that's like super, super pricey and you feel like that amount of money can get you by for a while. You don't want to over deposit money into your savings account because your cash does lose value there. So once you're comfortable with your savings about their your savings amount, then you can move into investing. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Because I know like I and that's like I guess another big thing going on is I see people on like Robinhood and like um what are some of the other like investing apps? And it's just like for me, those are completely overwhelming to me. Like as a brand new person, like I just I don't know where I would even start in the whole like investing kind of like area. So do you have tips for people that, okay, now they have like this amount of money they want to invest. What would you just say mm-hmm. to like, what platform so to go I, it's not really like where you're stashing your, I'm not a fan of like Robin hood or any random app. I usually am a proponent for just like standard firms. So Vanguard, Schwab, BlackRock, Fidelity, these are all just like traditional firms. I typically encourage people just to go that route. Um, And I also like to remind people that the reason why there is such a booming industry with finance is because people, investment advisors, CFPs, all these people working in the financial industry, they profit off of people's confusion and people's ignorance about finance. The reality is, if you open up an account that matches your needs, that account is going to have multiple stocks and or bond, uh, I was gonna say bonds, bonds inside of it, stocks and bonds inside of it. And that account grows rapidly on average, way higher than a savings account would. If you don't want to understand the mechanics of it, you don't have to, right? We were, and when I was at my wealth management firm, that we had millionaire clients who had no idea what stocks and bonds were. It's not about that. Open up an account that matches your needs, Contribute to that account yeah. consistently for years on end, and that's how you build wealth. So that's what I would say to people who are not interested in actually uh, like overwhelming themselves with financial terminology. You don't have to, right? You just need to get guidance on opening the right account because there's different that there are different types of accounts that exist. There's some that are really aggressive, some that are moderate, some that are conservative. So you have to identify where you're comfortable. Typically, people who are around our age group can go a little bit more aggressive because we have more time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
once you open that account, just contribute to it and go about the business. It is not any more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel like social media has a way of complicating things with these like trendy apps and everything. And then I know this year, um, and even a little bit of last year, Forex has been like such a like term and like such a hype. And it's like you have to read through the lines to see if it's a scam or not. So can you tell us a little bit more about Forex and what that is? Yeah, if you're familiar. I mean, some people are like, what is that? So That's definitely not my area of specialty. And it's not, I will say this, it's not a traditional approach to building wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So how I kind of look at that or how I would equate it is almost to like um, going to Vegas and gambling, right? If you were to go to Vegas and you played a game and for whatever reason you won $50,000, that doesn't mean that I should put my life savings into playing that game and see if I can win $50,000 as well, right? Mm-hmm. There are there are instances where people have, ma- have made a lot of money doing something like Forex or crypto or whatever. But it's not, you're, they're not taking a traditional point, uh, approach. It's not strategic. And so you're taking on a significant amount of risk. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I generally say to people who ask me, about, ask me about Forex, what I say is take a traditional approach to building wealth. If you want to have money available to you in the future and you want to be smart and strategic about it, go that way. If you have some fun money, you only have a hundred, two hundred dollars to to spare and you want to dip into gambling, you want to go to Vegas, you want to <laughs> have at it, you know, but don't use that as your approach to build wealth. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that analogy and I would much rather go to Vegas. At least you get like the lights and the dream while you're gambling than playing with your that's a really big thing i think for people my age is like the whole forex thing like i can't even get on instagram without seeing somebody like begging people to sign up and i'm just like why do you need somebody to sign up under you to like something about that to me is odd but like hey like (laughs) to each his own i'm like no way like i'm not even jumping in this way Yeah. So like, I know it's a lot of terms out there, like index funds and like money marketing and like all of these things. So like, it's kind of a bit overwhelming. And what what do you suggest people, like what resources do you suggest people to go to look up like kind of what these terms mean? And like, how do you identify what's best for you? Like, should, that, should people hire a financial advisor? Like it's kind of a big world. It out is there. a big world. And that's a really great question. Um, for me, a lot of my knowledge came from putting in the work and doing a lot of reading. And then I also had exposure when I was working to a lot of the stuff. So it was, it's kind of a, a more of a unique situation. Um, if someone is willing to put in the work and they have the time, YouTube is a great place to start. Um, you're gonna, it's, it can be kind of conflicting because there's so many different personalities and um, I wouldn't necessarily have like a specific person to for, to reference or to recommend. Um, but in terms of books, I think Millionaire Teacher is really great. Intelligent Investor is really great. Millionaire Next Door. Those are really awesome um, books to kind of help you like get some perspective with wealth building. I'm also, I was just taking a peek at, I think it's called The Simple Path to Wealth. It's a, another book by, I want to say J.L. Collins. I'm not entirely sure, but that's a good book. Um, for someone who is not interested in doing all of the work, I would recommend that they, if they do not have a complicated situation. So I'm not talking about someone who's a multimillionaire, has 10 properties, 10 cars. You need to speak, you need a specialist for that type of stuff. If there's someone who's just going to be putting money into an account, you can speak with like an hourly planner. So pay somebody once to kind of just help you get everything together. Um, I wouldn't recommend, um, 
like a certified financial planner or an investment advisor for many people just because um, there's like residual fees that you're paying when you could be taking care and managing a lot of it yourself, if that makes sense. You don't really need a financial professional. If you do not have a complicated situation, you don't really need a financial professional to get you results. But if you wanted that for someone to help get you started, I think that's okay. But just make sure it was on like a one-time basis versus like an ant you're paying an annual fee to that person. That Yeah. That's really good advice. That's like really, cause I, I think that too is like, I am one of those people, like, I rather hire, like, an expert and talk to somebody expert than trying to, like, really, like, dive deep and really try to understand. Like, obviously, I want a basic level of understanding, but I do think something should be left to somebody that deems themselves to be expert in it. So that's really yeah, good absolutely. advice. I mean, we're definitely going to check out those books. You drop some gems in there. <laughs> we need to, like, write up a list for um, Instagram to share that. Exactly. <laughs> so something that we often talk about on the podcast is dating and this may not necessarily be in your like wheelhouse but I'm just curious how do you go about if you're with a partner for years um and you're thinking about your future and next step how do you um kind of decide on how to handle finances with another party involved Mm, that's really interesting um and I think that's largely going to be based on like specific relationships, um, and just how, how they feel about money. I think for me, um, what I would recommend is that definitely there's conversations about like goals, because when you have an idea of like what you guys are going to get like married or make like, you know, purchase on a house or something like that, getting very clear on like what those goals look like can help you plan accordingly and invest accordingly. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, I don't know. I mean, I've been with my partner for a while and we our finances are separate. I kind of do my own thing and he does his own thing, but we're both very like intentional about how we spend our our cash. But I imagine if it was something where we're talking about marriage, we would really just sit down and get clear on like, okay, what is it that we want to spend on when we have children? Like, how do we want to save for their education? Yada, yada, yada. So I think a, a big part of it with saving for yourself and just in general is again, having an outline and just understanding what it is that you want. And then when you know that it's easier to plan accordingly. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, no, I don't de- definitely agree. I think I would like approach a situation of like, I feel like if I was getting serious with that person to really like lay out all of it on mm-hmm. the line, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are kind of my goals. Like, do you have student debt? Like, I know a lot of people like will get married and didn't even know that their partner had like student debt. And like, that's like crazy to me. So I just feel like having the conversation is definitely like a good first step as well. Like just being open and honest mm-hmm. about it. Um, yeah. And so with that being said, like with the whole, like the credit score thing, like I, I remember like when I was in college, my mom's like, you need to, you know, get a credit card. And so I got like a college mm-hmm. credit card. Um, so do you have any advice on like how to manage like credit and like, um, what they're kind of like some do's and some don'ts that are obviously beyond the obvious of like not running up your like credit card. Yeah. So credit is really important. Um, there's like, there's like a mixed sentiment about it. And I feel like in the financial space, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dave Ramsey, but he's like, like, and I appreciate his, I appreciate his dance, but I think that if you know how, if you know that you're responsible and you know what you should and should not be doing, you can actually use credit as a way to really leverage your situation, especially if it comes to like, when it comes to business and real estate, right? So um, for anyone who has credit, the number one thing I say is just don't use more than 30% of your credit limit. 
and make sure you pay it off in full each month. And um, there's other factors that come into play as well, like making sure you're paying on time. Um, and also like how long, how much credit you have to your, or how much debt you have to your name and how long you have that debt. Some of that is kind of out of our control. So the best thing you can do is just make sure you're being responsible. If you have a $1,000 limit, make sure you're not going over $300 each month and you're paying that $300 in full. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I'm, I'm glad you asked that question, Niall, um, because, yeah, we both had, like, college credit cards. And I feel like credit becomes, like, a big topic around holidays because once you go into the stores, you're getting sold or people are trying to get you to sign up for, like, these credit cards for, like, Macy's or TJ Maxx or whatever. I mean, oh, and the travel yeah. credit cards, that's a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to abuse that, you know? I think, like, having... Two to three credit cards is okay. Um, I know people who have like 16. I think that's extreme. Yeah. Um, I think two to three yeah. is a good balance and just making sure you're, you're having a, a healthy limit with those, uh, with your utilization is, is important. If you want to have one card that is a travel card, my boyfriend has that and it works wonders for him because he gets all of his benefits from traveling and he's travel a lot um so like having having a travel card and if you want to have like a victoria secret card if that's something you must have and then like another you know you could do it but you just don't want to abuse where you're having six seven eight nine ten retail cards here it doesn't really benefit you in the long haul you know yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I think it kind of boils down to what, you're, like you keep saying, what your ultimate goals are and just being super intentional. And if you have these multiple credit cards, it's kind of hard to be intentional with like what you're doing with them. <laughs> right. I think we should talk a little bit about like how, like as Black women, like it's really important to think about like growing well for yourself and being financially smart. Um, I think now with like me being a young black woman, a professional, I'm really trying to think like, how can I set myself up to be like the most financially secure as I can while I have limited builds? Like I live at home, like um, my car is almost paid off. So like how, like, what would you recommend? And like, as a black woman, like how important is that to you? And what can you like tell others about the importance of really being financially secure? Yeah. I learned a lot about that when I was in um, my, when I was working in a wealth management firm, because a lot of our clients were not black women, as you can imagine, they were mainly white people. Um, We had a lot of white women, but there was, there was not a lot of people of color in that space. And it was really interesting because even the people who didn't have a lot of money, so maybe they weren't multi multimillionaires, they had 500,000 500, in their investment account or something like that. You know, they had so many connections to relatives or friends who would be able to help them, like help support themselves to buy a home, to purchase a car, to go on a vacation. The access to resources blew my mind because it's not something that I know is very common in the black community to be able to say, Oh, well, I'll, I'll ask my grandmother to help put down this house for me in San Diego. You know, like we go through our community yeah. the same way. Yeah. Um, and so seeing the power that you have as an individual, when you know that if you need something, you can have that covered, you can buy that house, you can fund your child's education. If you need money, you can look, it's so important. And I think for Black people, especially Black women, it's important that we educate ourselves so we can empower ourselves and empower our future generations so that we are able to um, to help in those instances, to help ourselves and to help our young. Um, so, and that's why I'm really passionate about what I do is because I feel like 
the journey to wealth is really simple once you understand what you need to do. You know, you just cons- consistently invest into an account and let your wealth build. And, and and that freedom, if you save your three to six months in your savings account, if you want to quit your job and actually start your own business and do your own thing, like that gives you freedom to do that, just having access to cash. Right? Mm-hmm. So just being really intentional and realizing the value of having money and the power it gives you as an individual and your family members is tremendous. It's tremendous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah, I love that. And you just have like opened up our eyes a lot and provided some really good tidbits. Um, I would love to know if you have any resources um, like in your own name that you offer up to others if they have any questions or they're looking to get a little bit more educated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I do my best to post as much informational content as I can on my Instagram page, Financially Brave, where I do videos. I hop on stories and I, you know, give perspective and I give educational content often. Um, and then I also have a program where I do it in greater depth and that's called the wealth and it's a called, it's a called a bootcamp wealth and mindset bootcamp. And what that is, is, um, walking people through the wealth building journey from start to finish. So saving, eliminating debt, budgeting, and then also investment education, teaching them index funds, mutual funds, bonds, and, um, that comes with one-to-one coaching as well. Oh, that's really awesome. I might need to sign up. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, what is like, I think another kind of tidbit is when you're young and starting off, like we're so used to like instant gratification. Yeah. And I don't think people realize like building wealth and being like financially free is like really an end goal. Like you're not going to see it next year or the year before. Like it's really something that you have to be patient with. Um, so like what's one advice you would tell like your 23 year old self like about finance and what to do with your money i was already starting the, oh, okay. a little bit further back um i was just really careless like when i was when i was in my early early 20s i when my paycheck would come it would go to clothing it would go just to, i don't know i went everywhere it wasn't going to my savings account you know and then i got into a situation where i was really unhappy at work and um, I couldn't leave because I was living in San Francisco and I didn't have the means to pay for anything without having a job and I didn't have anything in my savings. And that was my biggest lesson. Um, so if I could talk to Alexis back then, I would just, again, really highlight the value of do, like living life the right way and the amount of freedom and the amount of um, there's no anxiety or stress when you know that you have money in the bank. You might be stressed every now and then, but but when you know that there's cash available to you, your life changes and you can really start to take control of how you live your life. You know, if you're unhappy somewhere, you have the freedom and the ability to leave. If you want to start a business, you can start a business. Like you, you open up so many doors just by being intentional. And so I would, I would continue to remind Alexis that and also remind her that it's not, it's not always fun getting, getting your stuff in line. You know, it's not where you're laughing and giggling along the way. You have to really challenge yourself, especially in this day and age with social media and everyone's always showing their fancy dinners and their nice like outings, their nice trips. It's so easy to get caught up in that, but you gotta, you have to humble yourself and understand that realistically, um, what looks right for you is not going to necessarily look like an insta insta dream. You know, it's not going to be something. Yeah. (laughs) I love how you call it an insta dream because I think that is like a really big thing that like, you know, like, 
I'll go on Instagram and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge shopper. Like, like, yeah, huge yeah. Shopper. <laughs> and I've really had to like reel I it would, in. Like, I remember I would almost get up to like four to $300, like a month yeah. on clothing, like absolutely yeah. insane. So I've really had to like reel it in. And I, um, one of the things that I feel like has helped me is like, fo- like following people on Instagram, like you, like, like financially brave. I like to follow, um, finance bar. Um, so like, when I am scrolling and I might get tempted to go do things, like I see reminders of people that are like doing smart financial things. So like, that's the kind of tip I would give people. It's like, try to cater your content that you see every single day, cater it to something that's like going to help you achieve your goals. Like, yeah. you know, and like all the vanity and stuff on social media, like you really have to get intentional about the content yes. you consume. Like that doesn't like in everything and like relationships and the traveling and yeah. all of that, like, you should follow some finance people as much as you follow your fashion people, you know, like that's just so important. That is great. And when I was in the journey of saving that amount of money that I did save, I had deactivated my personal Instagram account because I was like, I'm not going to even let myself get distracted. I didn't delete it, but I deactivated it for six months and I did it. Like I wasn't seeing what my friends were up to. And I was really intentional about the time that I spent with myself. And I also got really great at appreciating minimalism a lot more. Um, so I went to my closet and I just took out the things that I wasn't really wearing or didn't really need. And it kind of reprogrammed my mind to, um, to learn to how to be more intentional when I'm shopping. Right. Because I don't know about you, but when I was shopping crazy, like half of the stuff I bought, I didn't really even wear. You know, when I quiet, and, it would just, and so just learning to be really intentional and practicing gratitude. If you can really, really, really like master that aspect of just being thankful for having a roof over your head, food in your mouth and like, your family and and for whatever it is that works for you, you feel yeah. less of an impulse to find satisfaction in material things. You know, it sounds corny, but it works. Yeah. No, I love that. That's, <laughs> yeah. And I can imagine having like-minded people around you too, like not even on social, but in real life really helps. Like I think for Niall and I in this journey, it has really helped us because like we communicate about our goals. And I knew it, she was going through that, like, I can't shop anymore thing. Like, I'd give her a little pep talk when she would see like, a new clothing line drop, or if we know, like other people are like, yeah. going on trips or whatever. It's like, no, like, rain it in, we have goals we have to meet. And I think, like, surrounding yourself with people who are similar in that way also helps a lot. Yeah. Unsubscribe from the marketing emails. Like, I would say, off if you're in the feed, make it let it be good content. Don't you know? Don't follow a bunch of clothing shops because you are going to be tempted. It still gets me every now and then. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. You know? so. <laughs> I, I agree, and then I think also you get caught up in this like, I work so hard, like I deserve, like this, like emotional buy, like you know, like this has been such a hard week, like I yeah. deserve, like the nicest dinner, you know, and it's just like, okay, like the emotional buying, it's like something people don't yeah. talk about enough. Like I, I do sometimes a lot of feel good buying and I'll just get home and I'm like, I just need to go home and like, just return this. Like, it's like the art of like getting something and having it. And right. then like, I'll be like, oh, like I right. need to return right. this. Right, that is so real. That is so real. <laughs> and yeah, I, I but... love how you had talked about minimalism too. Cause I think like once you start to declutter, like, even like all the receipts that will build up and like your closet filling up with clothes and it's just like everything like clutter adds to stress and the less you have, like, I just feel like you're more clear and Mm -hmm. you just, like you said, you'll want less because you'll Mm -hmm. appreciate more. 
Exactly. Exactly. It yeah. works. And like watching what helped me for minimalism was just watching. There's a documentary on it um, on Netflix. And then I did some research on YouTube and just, you can get easily inspired by some of the people. Like there's people who take that to a whole nother level. I'm not there yet, but, but like you just, there's something so peaceful about, um, like seeing someone happy and being happy with less because we've been conditioned the opposite way where we, we learn to be happy with more. And um, that's really like me, the media and, and advertisements that teach us that we're not enough as we are. So we need to look better. We need to be wearing the most expensive things or whatever. And we get caught up in that. And you have to, you have to take a second to stop that to, to um, stop yourself and see if it's helping you and if it's serving you. Saving money yeah. is simple and building wealth is simple. What makes it complicated is our people are trying to do both. You're, you're trying to live extra and also save a bunch of money. You can't do both. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. Yeah, no. And, and another thing I've learned too is like now I feel like I'm in a position where like now that I have the money to probably do the things that I quote unquote would really like to do, it's like fighting with that whole balance. Like just because you can doesn't mean you really should, you know, like, and I don't think I've ever had to deal with that ever before in my life. It's just like, oh, I thought like I can, so I'm going to not like, oh, really being conscious about the decisions I'm making. But I also think that the pandemic has really helped because like, I'm like sitting here, like this room I'm in, like it's like literally like my like closet size office. And every day I sit here and it's all these clothes and I've literally worn none of them. Yeah. So just like, why are people buying clothes and buying all this like material stuff right now? Right. There's nowhere to go. Right. Like we're like hypnotized. We're in a trance. <laughs> you know, we're not finding it. We, you have to take a step back, but I will say in when it relates to, um, like knowing when it is appropriate to spend, I think it's just great to get clear on what really matters to you, like what really does make you happy. So for me, I really enjoy traveling. I just love being in different places and experiencing different cultures. Right now, it's kind of hard to do that because of COVID, but you know, that's something that I can work into my budget because it's something that's meaningful, you know? And so putting $500 aside each month to save for another trip is worthwhile. Now, if I was using $500 and just idly dropping it on random things, but that's where people go wrong is that it's not that they're, it's not that they're always spending on things that um, I'm saying this backwards, but what I'm saying is people are typically, they get, they get a lump sum of money and it's just kind of going wherever it's, there's no home for it. Right. And when you're more strategic mm -hmm. with it, you can still have, you can still make room for the non-essentials, but those non-essentials are very valuable to you is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. I totally agree. So like, because you have to reward yourself somehow. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is hard work. So I love how you talk about like traveling and stuff. Like, I think that feels better than going to Zara and paying like three dollars a clothes. You know, like being able to take a trip once a quarter is something that's like right. really cool, and it really like adds more like value to your life and your life experience. So I, mm -hmm. I really, yeah. And I think that. like what's at the core really of all of this is self control, and kind of like adding to what you just said. Like it's kind of like all the people who win the lottery. It's like they run through their money and when they go back and like check in on them, they never have anything left because they like were on that high and they spent it all. So I think like kind of at the root of every tip that you've had today is like really like tapping into your self-control and like your will and your determination to really like center yourself on really like what the, like the life you want to build for yourself. Yes, absolutely. And I think the reason why I always press that so much is because I feel like a lot of people are being slighted by this idea that there's a product or there's a person or there's some sort of 
program that they need to do in order to change their lives. You're fully capable of doing it yourself. You know, you have to hold yourself accountable to it. I don't care if you're working with Oprah. Oprah can't be with you when you're going to Zara, right? So you have to, you have to like, you have to take responsibility of your life and you have to be committed to your goals. And it's not any more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. So great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been such a good conversation and it definitely made me be like, okay, now I'll get back to like, now that I've hit my goal, like I need to set a new goal to be intentional. You know what I'm saying? The work like never mm-hmm. ends. So thank you for coming on and yeah. giving a little insight. Well, it's definitely it's, like it's Q4. So we're get, leaving our listeners with a lot to prepare for for next year. <laughs> yeah. And it's never too late to start either. I think that's never. A, yeah. Like never, too never. Late. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was yeah. lovely talking to you guys. No, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs>